Where, yes, where do you think this program's headed, Florida State? National championship, man. That's it. That's the only. That's the only expectations I got for them boys, man. That's it. They is there. It's there for them, and you know, hey man. If I had another year to do, I would did. It. I did have another year, but you know, just the way the <laughs> things ended, yeah. the way the season ended for me, man. I ain't had no choice but to, hey man. I got to do yep, it. But absolutely. I honestly can say national championship, bro. That's that's the that's the smallest thing I can say right now. That's that's it. National championship, man. Yeah, Norvell got extended today, just a couple Big hours man. ago, all the way through twenty twenty nine, man. Jeez. Now, now, double the salary. Golly, so so by my my second contract, he's still gonna be there. I'm gonna be pulling up still. You know, I'm gonna still be at Florida State. <laughs> That's crazy though. Twenty twenty nine, that is crazy. Hey guys, it's Terrence Nan. You listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Nose. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, aka E Dub in the house. So we're listening to Hear the Spear. Presented by No Game Day. Go live, go nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, Go Nose. This is Terrell Buckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Dion Primetime Sanders. The great Dion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I could, I could wake up to that greeting every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go no. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What's happening, guys? This is Logan Robinson from Here the Spear, presented to you by NoGameDay.com. We are live here on a wonderful Wednesday evening. We've got a big-time special guest with us this week. That's going to be former FSU defensive back star player on the defensive side of the football, Jamie Robinson. Jamie, been for been looking forward to having you on here for a while, definitely during practices and watching you play and watching the games and covering you throughout your last two years in Tallahassee. But now to have you on here, the spirit's even better. So what's up? What's going on, Jamie? Man, I'm just grinding, man. Living in the dream, bro. Living in the dream. Appreciate you having me, bro, for sure. Absolutely. I think the mic might have came out a little bit. Maybe if you move the phone just a tiny bit. I don't know what just happened, but I think it might have lost your uh, mic just for a second. There you go. I think it's I think it's a little bit better. I hope so. But uh, yeah, man, excited to have you on. How are things going? Obviously, you just had a big time week at the Senior Bowl looking off of Twitter and just also the outlets that we were talking about. It seemed like you got a lot of good recognition and you also played pretty well out there. How'd the week go and competing against some really good talent? Well, honestly, man, I was just looking forward to, you know, just being around the best of the best. You know, that that was my whole goal, just to be, just to stand out around just the top guys, you know, being able to be around some NFL coaches and just being able to, you know, be coachable and just taking everything again. That's that's how I attacked that, you know, experience. And, you know, just being able to, to be the, the best version of myself. You know, that's that's what I was just focused on, you know, whenever I got up there, just meeting with all the NFL teams and, you know, just going out there, being able to, you know, be successful in my one-on-ones and just being able to fly around and just showcase myself. Honestly, that was that was my main goal. And, you know, I went out there and just, just put my best foot forward. One thing I was thinking about you 
while competing there, Jamie, was I wonder what the difference and feel was outside of Mike Norvell's practices and the workouts that y'all were doing. And then you go down there and you're competing and playing against players across the country, some of the best at their position. Was there a big switch up in the way of things? Or were you pretty accustomed and comfortable once you got down there and, and playing against those guys and the talent? Well, well, only thing, the main difference was just being able to like, you know, go through the meetings all day and just being able to like wake up at six in the morning and doing something all day. Like we was we was working out, we was meeting, you know what I'm saying? I had to go watch some meetings and talk with some financial people and it was a whole lot. Like the schedule that, that we was going by was just pretty packed and that was pretty much the main difference. When I got on the field and stuff and was doing what I was and competing with the guys. That just felt like practice, normal practice, you know. So, because every day at Florida State, that's all we did was compete. Every day it was competing. So it was really, it wasn't a big difference when it came to just the talent and just you know getting out there playing. It was just my schedule. My schedule was just packed the whole the whole week while I was down there. The Senior Bowl, obviously, a pretty unique experience. You get to work with some NFL coaching staff out there on the practice field and in the game. So, how do you feel like that kind of benefits you moving forward into this whole? NFL draft process? Well, honestly, just being able to, you know, tell them my story, like where I'm from and, you know, my upbringing and just some some trials I had to go through, you know, and then just some some just some challenges I had to overcome, honestly, you know what I'm saying? And that was the biggest thing, just being able to sit down with them and just just tell them about my whole self, you know, and that was that was that was kind of that was kind of like opening it to me because I, I've never just really opened up to a lot of people and, you know, just being able to tell my whole story and shoot, I met with all every, every NFL team and I told them my whole story. And, you know what I'm saying? I feel like, you know, they was kind of like shocked about just how I came, where I came from and just how I was raised and stuff like that. You know, it was kind of different. I know everybody got their own different story, but, I just felt like mine kind of hit different, you know, and just just being able to like overcome a lot of adversity, you know, and that was that was a good thing for me, just being able to you know open up to to the scouts and to the NFL coaches. For sure. How's and how's tra how's training going overall for you right now, Jamie? Where are you at? Who are you working out with? And how long are you going to plan on doing that until you get prepared? Which we'll talk about the NFL Combine and also Pro Day sure. here in Tallahassee. So, so, so I had you know after the bowl game December 29th, I came up here to Phoenix, Arizona, January 3rd. You know, and I'm training out here at Exo. So, you know, as soon as I got done with my my bowl game. I really didn't have a break to, you know, chill and relax and get my body right. So I just really hopped, hopped right into training. And, you know, every day, Monday through Saturday, we get at least two to three workouts in. My my third workout would be, like, my DB trainer here coming come in from Texas. And, you know, he's training me and being another guy, you know. It's just So it's just pretty much just Monday through Saturday I'm working out, grinding. I'm on a fit schedule when it comes to just diet, you know, just eating the right things and, you know, taking the right supplements and stuff like that. So I really just been on a like a strict diet and a strict schedule and just just really just laying back, just chilling and just enjoying the whole process, honestly. Yeah, and we were talking about it a couple of minutes ago, but, you know, you officially got that invitation to the NFL Combine and you're going to be participating there as well as at Florida State's uh, Pro Day. So, you know, what are you trying to prove or at least show to NFL scouts ahead of the NFL draft? 
Well, honestly, I'm just I'm just ready to just to show showcase everything, you know, just being able to run, you know, jump and just do all the tests. Just that's what type of guy I am. I am whatever whatever the scouts and whatever they want to see, whether it's getting on the board, drawing up the defense, you know, whether it's running, jumping, whatever it is, you know. At the end of the day, I'm a football guy. Like I, I'm a football player, and I'm just just ready to get past this little trial. You know what I'm saying? I just been up here preparing for it, you know, just grind and put my best foot forward and just getting ready for it because I leave actually February like 26 to go to the combine. So, you know, I probably got like two and a half more weeks left of training. Just I'm just really excited, you know, just just ready to just get out there and just showcase me. Just so just be my best, be the best version of myself and you know, just just show them what I'm capable of, honestly. We, I'm going backwards here a tiny bit, and we'll talk about Mike Norvell here in a few, but seeing the picture of the staff coming down to see you, including Derek Ray, Florida State's general manager, you had Adam Fuller there too, and of course Mike, and a few other FSU staff members. What was that kind of feeling like to have the, uh, a good amount of those guys coming down there and seeing you during the Senior Bowl week? Well, honestly, it was, it was very like, shocking because like, I know I had, I had left the program like I said earlier, December 29th after our bowl game. And, you know, I still was in contact with the coaches. You know, Coach Mike Norvell always shoot me a text while I'm up here training. Coach Coach Fuller also, you know, just checking in on me, you know, making sure I'm good. You know, I actually was getting on the board with my with my gen, with my GA, my grad assistant, you know. Um, his name is Wilson, Coach Wilson. You know, I was getting on the board with him. You know, we were just – just going through small things, but they always was, like, in tune with me, you know, just telling me to stay focused, you know, keep my best foot forward, like I said earlier. And then me seeing them after after practice that day, well, before practice too, but, you know, after practice, just being able to chop it up with them. I actually got on the phone with little Mila, Mila um, and just was talking to her. You know, that's Coach Norville's daughter, you know. And we was just on FaceTime for a little bit. That just shows, like, the, the love and the support that I have from – from the Norvell, from Coach Norvell and his family, you know, it's it's very like it's very touching for me because, like, where I'm from, like, it's 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 not much love, you know, and that I the the fact that I can get that love from them, you know, what I'm saying it means a lot. So it's just showing that it's 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 bigger than football, honestly. And you know, I got a great relationship with everyone over there at Florida State, and you know, I enjoy my time there, honestly. You know, what I'm saying even though I was there two years. Feel like I did all four over there just because of the, the you know the the adversity and the, just the whole like family the family vibes that we ended up getting and you know what I'm saying that relationship we built over the time. Yeah, and we're gonna kind of bounce around here a little bit, but you talked about it. you really enjoyed your time at Florida State. Obviously, you were very productive as well at Florida State on and off the field. But before you came to Tallahassee, you know, entering the transfer portal from South Carolina. What went into that original decision to to come to FSU and just kind of how did everything go during that process? Well, honestly, when I had when I got in the portal, you know, my whole thing was just like I honestly didn't care where I ended up playing football at no more. It was just pretty much just trying to get closer to home, you know. And then, you know, Coach Fuller, Mike Norvell, you know, they got in touch with me and they had a great blueprint for me. Just being able to, you know, blitz off the edge and cover in the slot and just play both safety roles. It was just, I just had a great plan. And when I got there, you know, I had to face some adversity. My mom house had caught on fire and 
I was back and forth during the spring, during spring training, back and forth from Lee County back to Tallahassee, you know, driving just to make sure she's good. She's in the whole she's staying in the hotel for a month. So I'm back and forth, you know, checking in with her and then eventually like the whole the whole Florida State family, no family, they, you know, helped out with a GoFundMe and stuff like that. So that just always showed love from the get go. You know, as soon as I got there it was it was love. Even though my mom and my, me and my mom and my family we went through some adversity, but we always had the love for my brothers and the community. You know what I'm saying? So that was that was easier for me to just like decide on after that year just to come back. You know what I'm saying? And just to be a leader for my team and you know help just help put Florida State on the map. And eventually, you know, we formed our brotherhood, formed our familyhood, and everything came together. And we we won ten games. And honestly, it felt like we won the Super Bowl in my eyes. Like that was the best. That was the best like year of my you know my my college career. So that made it that made it much easier for me. You know what I'm saying? The the decide that I want to declare for the NFL, honestly. You know, Jamie, I mean, it's telling right now to everybody listening, but you're one of my favorite players to interview during practice, after practices, after games, just because you give a really great description about any kind of topic that anyone's asking you on a reporter side of things. But Jamie, going to Mike Norvell, what what do you think attracts transfers at your age? You're, you're an older guy. You're a player that maybe had been playing for a few years, and Mike Norvell has been pretty yes, successful, sir. one of the most successful coaches in college football, uh, bringing in transfers definitely that have already put together some film. You're looking at like a guy like Jared Verse or maybe looking ahead at Trey Benson, who maybe didn't have a lot of playing time but was kind of risking it there and taking them in. What, what do you think is maybe so unique about Mike Norvell of building that trust early on with transfers? Well, honestly, I can say this from my perspective, just – me being a transfer, um, pretty much when I first got there, Coach Norvell was like, you know, he was the same guy every day. You know what I'm saying? Even if we lost, we won, it didn't matter. Like, he was coming in the building, like, that, with that same smile, with that same attitude every day. And one thing that I can say for sure about the coaching staff there is that they always focus on the little things. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's how you meet someone, how you, like, you know, sitting in the meetings and, just being able to like sac- make sacrifice and you know the service for others and that was a big thing and just me being able like to look back and reflect on that like to this day like I'm actually like just living that way now you know what I'm saying trying to have a positive attitude every day like even if my day's going bad you know just to keep a positive note you know what I'm saying because at the end of the day like you you going you going you the re- you can be the reason like how your day be, you know what I'm saying? If you feel in some type of way and you know your day going bad, but if you, you know what I'm saying, sad, like you just put on a, like not put on a front, but just like, you know, overcoming that, that sad feeling or that angry feeling you have and just putting a smile on your face and, you know, being joyful, like that can just change the whole day and just change your whole input and your output in life. So honestly, I just feel like Coach Norvell just definitely like he was the same guy every day and, he just had that same smile and that same attitude. And that just, you know, that that made it easier for you to trust in him. You know what I'm saying? And just for you to, like, you know, go front line and, and be there and just give your 100, 110% just because of the simple fact, like, this man never changes. Like, he's the same guy every day. And, like, you know what I'm saying? And you can, you can ride with that easily. It make it way more easier for you to ride with a guy like that. He does. He doesn't change. We see it at practice. Yeah, the man yeah. says. The man says good morning at four thirty p.m. Exactly. Do think, you think he was crazy when he first met him a little bit? That's what I'm telling you. Like I never. That's what I'm saying. Like I never. Like 
met a guy like that, and that's why I see like I could definitely ride for him. Like whatever it is, like I'm, I'm behind him just because of the simple fact. Like he's the same guy. Like he's not gonna change, and he's real. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I'm always built on, like that realness and that loyalty. Like, and I could definitely say like he's one of the realest I met for sure. And it's not only that; it's the energy. You know, you've you've got the inside information here. Does he have a? Yeah. See, does he constantly have coffee going into his office? Is there five-hour energies? I mean, where does that Man, come from? He don't even need none of that. Like, literally, he don't need it. Like, that's just him. You know what I'm saying? That's him. Like, and, Does that and – that, that, I was just going to say, Jimmy, does that kind of – does that go to you guys at practice? Does that kind of – like, let's say you're having a down day. Like, you, you just don't want to practice. I mean, it's not, not going to be a fun day. It's sluggish out. It's rainy, cold, or whatever. But then him having that energy, is that kind of – I'm trying to find the word here, but does it transfer over to you guys quite a bit? Oh, yeah. It done motivated me plenty of times. I done came in. <laughs> you know, I'm a player, so, like, going through fall camp and, you know, your body messed up and you just don't want to be there. But, you know what I'm saying, he going to yell, he going to make you laugh, and that's going to, you know what I'm saying, that's going to change your whole day just because of him yelling and him being that same person. You're like, man, come on, Coach, bro. It's 6 in the morning, 5 in the morning. <laughs> You doing all you yelling like this and you you excited, you know what I'm saying? You ain't got no choice but to ride behind them, you know what I'm saying? So that's what I look at, and that's why that's why I always, you know, been been 110% behind Coach Norville. I wanted to ask um about leaders because this Florida State program has been built on top of some really strong leadership from the players. Obviously, yeah. people think about you, Jordan Travis, Fabian, um, Robert Cooper, Dylan Gibbons. They think about those guys, you know, the vocal leaders. In your opinion, you know, you get to see everybody. Who are some guys maybe that fans don't think about that step that guys that step up as leaders either, you know, during games or behind the scenes? Well, you sound like other than those guys that you mentioned. Well, pretty much you got D'Lo, Kalen Deloach. You know what I'm saying? You got young guys like Kevin Knowles, Shaheen Brown. Like, that's the guy that's, you know, he um he played, he played a lot of snaps, you know what I'm saying? And it's just those, like, Kevin Owens and I can say Shaheen Brown for sure, like, was some of the young guys that I could see being, like, bright stars for Florida State just because of the simple fact, like, when they was young, freshmen and sophomores, you know, there was always guys that be at the front of the line, you know what I'm saying, guys that, that led, you know what I'm saying, and guys that spoke up, you know, and, like, mm -hmm. I looked at that, and for me, just being a leader, like, I've never just really been the vocal type of guy, but... You know, when I got to Florida State and then gaining that respect from my brothers in that second year, you know, it, it, it was it was like kind of given to me. Like it was more easier for me to be that vocal guy. But I could honestly say Kevin Owens and Shaheen Brown for sure because of the simple fact like they were they were leaders and it didn't matter how old they was and you know what I'm saying what status they was in the lineup or whatever. Like they was guys that gonna speak up and they came to me when I probably when I didn't feel good or something like that. And they was talking to me, you know what I'm saying? Yo, Jamie, let's get it, let's go. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like little small things like that. I see them pick up many guys, you know what I'm saying, that's like probably like struggling in tour duty or something like that. They go pick them up, you know, run their, run their last rut with them, just doing the extra stuff, you know what I'm saying? And that that kind of that opened my eyes and just, that made me become more of a leader, you know what I'm saying? Just because I'm like, these young guys leading, man, and you know what I'm saying? It's, it's no problem for them, so – I know for sure it better not be no problem for me, you know. So I definitely can say those two and, you know, Kayon Deloach as well. But two, got, two young guys for sure, Kevin Knowles and Shaheen Brown. 
I think it's really awesome you saying on the leadership side of things that Shaheen Brown, a younger guy who I'm extremely, extremely high on. I think he has a really bright future. What can you say about Shaheen Brown? What to you? We get to see it. We see it at practices, but you see a ton more and you're the one watching film and you actually know if he's in the right spots or not. What's what should FSU fans be excited for regarding Shaheen Brown next season? Man, he's like six three. He can run. You know what I'm saying? And he gonna he's smart when it comes to knowing the defense for sure. And he's physical. And then just being able to like like I said, be a, be a leader, like at a young age. Like he was leading at a young age. And just times there's been times where Akeem Dent went down, Shaheen gonna step up and he gonna fill that role in. You know what I'm saying? And I go to the boundary safety, he go to free safety. You know what I'm saying? Him being able to play boundary safety and free safety. You know, so that's – within our defense, it's crazy because, like, our defense is not that hard, but, you know, just him being able to play multiple positions as well and at an early age, man. And I've seen him make plays, you know, in practice and in the games, you know, playing beside him as well. So, yeah, he definitely got a bright future ahead of him, man, for sure. Obviously, it was a big season for you guys, capped off with that cheese bowl win, but – it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows. There was that three-game losing streak. So I was just wondering if you can take us inside the locker room a little bit. You know, what kind of went wrong during that stretch, and, and what was the key to you guys turning it around and ending the year with uh, six straight victories? I mean, honestly, I wouldn't say nothing went wrong because, you know, last year it was it was we started off 0-4. You know what I'm saying? We started back winning. And I could say, honestly, it was just, like, a lesson. And then it was just, like, Pretty much, hey, y'all did not get back to what it was last year, you know, because we, like, like I said, we started off 0 and 4, and we went on that little stretch where we lost some games and lost some three games, and then it was just like, bro, we, we, we know we don't been here before, like, we know what it takes, and we all just rallied together. That's what it was always about. All we got, all we need mentality, you know, and we all fought for each other. We all we didn't do no pointing the fingers at each other, and because that that's right. That when you when you start pointing fingers at guys and you know, and just start just blaming it on one person, and that that makes that makes the whole team go bad. And I I can honestly say, like Coach Norvell, we done been in meetings plenty of times, and he'd be like, "Hey, that was my bad on the call." You know, everybody was like taking responsibility for their actions. You know, everybody was holding themselves accountable, and that's what I can honestly say. Like it was more of just us being like a brotherhood and just being able to you know, own up to whatever we did wrong and knowing what we did wrong and just just being together. You know, that was that was the most important thing I could see just for us to just not, you know, continue to lose and, you know, to get back right on the right track. You mentioned the 0-4 start last season. What do you think was the biggest change between last season and a year that, you know, you only won five games, missed a bowl, and then this year, 10 wins, capped off with a cheese at bowl win? More, more of just the players led, you know what I'm saying? Like guys stepping up, guys leading, younger guys stepping up, younger guys leading. Honestly, that's 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 how simple it was because like the play calling didn't change, the playbook didn't change. You know, we got some great we got some more good pl- players in the room, but honestly it was just like the more more of the players like holding guys accountable, more of the players is leading the team besides the coach Norvell just getting up there you know, doing all the leading and stuff. We had guys call, calling team meetings, you know, talking about what we need to do. You know what I'm saying? And that's, that small stuff right there, that made us come together more, and that made us win more, honestly. 
I was going to say I harped on it quite a bit on this show for the last couple of years, ever since we began this. And one of the biggest things I've always said, accountability. And I feel like early years uh, before you arrived, you know, accountability was something that Florida State had to work on. And I think we've seen a change in that definitely in your time of player led, a player led team. And I think that's what Magnervell was striving for y'all to have players lead because I think players listen more to each player. Do you think that's true, you know, accountability oh, yeah. wise like that? Oh, yeah, for sure. And then it's really it's really main, mainly like how you do it, you know, like. Like you shouldn't you shouldn't call a guy up in front of the whole team, you know what I'm saying? If, if they mess up a player or something like that, I honestly feel like you just should just you know take it take it to that player. Like because I'm not gonna say it don't happen, but it didn't happen as much, you know what I'm saying? Like as it did in the past. Like guys is you know fussing in the locker room and stuff like that, man. It was more like guys meeting one on one, and you know if it's if it's a team thing, but we're going to call a team meeting and we're just going to squash this right here. We're going to talk about this right now, you know, not just letting it go by and prolong. Like that's, that's when things go wrong. Like if you just let it keep prolonging and you don't speak on, speak up on it, you know, and I feel like every, every problem we had, everybody addressed it. And it was that honestly. I guess uh, when you look back at your time at Florida state, you know, two very productive years, like like we've said before, you know, what are some of the moments on or off the field that you're going to kind of cherish the most as you move on to the professional level? I don't lie, dope Campbell Stadium. Honestly, <laughs> you know that's that's going to be the main thing, just being able to suit up and and boot up, suit up and boot up now, now, man. That's the main thing, just turning up in front of the fans and stuff. Like that's one thing I'm going to miss because like ain't nothing like you know, playing in Dope Campbell, man. Ain't nothing like, you know, and I done played in a lot of stadiums and when it's part of a lot of different teams, man, I can honestly say, like, just playing in the stadium, man, and, you know, having my mom and my grandma, you know, and my family all in the stands and I see them, you know, they up there decked out, you know, supporting for me, you know, screaming for me, yelling for me. You know, that was the biggest thing and just being able to line up with my brothers, honestly, you know, and, Win that bowl game, like the bowl game. I could say that was the, that was most, that was the most fun. Just that whole week, you know, that bro bowl preparation, that whole, that whole week of just being in Orlando, you know, just hanging out with the players and just getting the win. You know what I'm saying? Wait, when do I get my ring too? Do we get rings for all that? Because I need you should I'm, be getting one. Yeah, hey, I'm gonna be back in Tyler soon, like after the after the state combine, champs, man. state yeah, champ need, ring. You should be getting that. that. Yeah, I need all of that right there for sure. I was going to say, yeah, he definitely got to get that one. And I was going to mention, because Dustin was talking about one of your highlight times at Florida State. William bringing up a thing here on Facebook, uh, talking about your sack on that quarterback. What went into that game, or that, that play <laughs> call there? And you're one guy, which I've noticed throughout your career for say you don't really – you're going to make the play and then you're just going to kind of put your head down and walk around and not really do much. Or maybe we, yeah. I'm not hearing you talk trash, but maybe there never, is, but I'm you kind of keep to yourself. Talk, I'm never the trash talker, man. I'm, I'm, I just try to focus on being humble, man. And next play, bro. You do a good job at it, but right there going through taking on the Miami quarterback and that clip that went viral across social media. How'd that feel? And what went with that play? Well, honestly, they was trying to score and they was getting cl in close, like they was getting close to the end zone. They was in the red zone, and coach, we was um, we made a call and 
I was blitzing off the edge, and they was doing like a RPO type deal with the, with the running back and the quarterback. And eventually, I was the read, you know. But I knew I knew we had a defensive end that was responsible for the dive, the running back. So you know, I made it seem like I was biting on the running back when I knew for sure I had the quarterback, and you know that play happened, and he didn't want to go down, so I threw him down and you know tossed him around, but. Honestly, I could say like that whole game, just Miami. You know, you know everybody know about that rivalry. You know, we throw the U down and stuff, and it was very, it was just really that atmosphere, and the play just went well with the atmosphere and just the rivalry game and everything. Just like just like everybody know that play going to be remembered for a minute, but it was just it was just where it where it happened and how it happened. Honestly. It was nice to do it in Miami, but I would say you had more of an FSU atmosphere probably in the second half because Miami oh, fans. Right, yeah, there, there, was there wasn't gone. any. F- there wasn't any Miami fans in those stands. No, nah, they was gone, man. It was no what, Charlie? No, no doubt. Uh-uh. And that's obviously a play that, like you said, will be remembered for a while. It'll be played before FSU and Miami take the field for oh. the foreseeable future. How about the other rivalry game, getting a chance to play Florida on on Black Friday, a, a really back-and-forth contest that you guys were able to come up with late in the fourth quarter? Well, shoot. That was nail-biting, honestly. That was a great game. Like, they came and they played good. It was way better than the Miami game. But I could honestly say, like, just, just being in Doke and just, you know, because I needed to win off Florida. Like, I haven't won. I haven't beat Florida my whole college, you know, career. So, just being able to beat them and, you know, the way we did it, went out the last game of the season and became bold. Well, we was going to be bold eligible anyways, but just being able to finish that game and then get ready for a bowl game, it was it was really exciting. And just the atmosphere after that game, man, everybody was on the field and I was sitting in the crowd, posted up. And I ain't going to lie, bro, it was, it was kind of like, bro, it was kind of like a movie that, that game, honestly, like just – seeing everybody run on the field and everybody got their phones out recording. That's what I say. Mm-hmm. I'm going to miss, I'm going to miss the hell out of college football, but just because of like the atmosphere, man, like ain't nothing like college football. And I know the NFL going to be excited, but I know for sure, like it's nothing like college football, man. I'm always going to be, you know, there for college, for Florida state for sure, man. And ain't nothing like college football. Ain't nothing like college football. I want to pick your brain on two things. I think when you, beat LSU did you feel like there was something special and this team like they could do something this year and then number two it was kind of uh the debut for people to know who Jared Verse was because we got to see it in practice we saw spring camp I was high on him from the very beginning he came on here the spear before he arrived at FSU I I knew he'd be special and he'd bring some competition to practices he'd bring the chippiness and I, I just want to get your thoughts on that LSU game and then also, you know, Jared Verse as a player, as he's going to be playing again for FSU next season, which is crazy so, to think of. I'm telling you, I definitely thought my brother was going to join me, but I feel <laughs> like I feel like he can't get enough for Florida State. That's all it is, you know. He had yeah, another, another year in town. It's not a bad yeah. town to have another yeah, year no, in. Jamie. No, I, I don't blame him. I don't blame him. I don't blame him. You got to enjoy that other experience. But honestly, I can say like that's like before the season. Like I had a whole lot of questions about just what Florida State going to be. I'm like, man, we're going to put Florida State on the map the first game of the season when we play LSU. And, you know, going in the game, it was it was a great atmosphere in New Orleans. Yeah, I was in New Orleans. And just we have, shoot, majority of Florida State 
majority of the noise was there. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, it was yeah. crazy because I've never been to New Orleans. And we when we arrived at the hotel, man, all the fans were there. And just, man, that game also felt like a movie, man. Just, like, it felt like we were some super, young superstars, you know, just being able to be in that atmosphere and have had a Superdome. We had Superdome pack more than the Saints really had a Superdome pack. You feel <laughs> me? It was just really crazy. And I honestly can see, like, Going into that game, I was hyped. I feel like I sh- I could have like me looking back at that game, I could have I should have been a little more chill like I usually be. But it was it was the experience for me, something that I learned from. And but just going in that game, I could I should have been more calm. But we won, so that's the most important thing. And just saying like just saying like guys fly around, make plays. Jordan Travis, Pokey made incredible catches. You know what I'm saying? Jared Verse had like three sacks, you know, and just reflecting on Jared, man, he like going coming in, I, I was recruiting him to come there. Like I I've been to watch him on film just like you say you watch him. Like I watched him, I knew what he was capable of. And when he was coming in, you know how guys like Jared came in loud mouthing, like talking this smack, talking everything, like and eventually, man, when that game came, hey man, everything he said, he stood on it. And that's why I respect him to this day because, man, I'll be saying Jared in the locker room, i like, bro, be quiet. Like, I'll be the first to say, bro, be quiet. But, bro, I just know, like, I can look next to him on the field, bro. He going to stand up. He going he gonna to stand on business. And he did that every every game I played with him. You know, he was always there. He made a sack almost every game, you know. And he was very destructive. And that helped me in the back end. And me and my brothers in the back end, you know what I'm saying, him get to the quarterback, forcing the quarterback to make – Throws that the quarterback don't want to make, you know, he all in the face of the quarterback, making getting tackles for laws, stuff like that. So, you know, everybody know about Jerry versus Future. Everybody know what's going to be in store for him next year. You know what I'm saying? And it's just, you know, the sky the limit for that boy. And just knowing like he a dog for sure. He a dog in my book for for real, for real. We're getting down towards the end here, but you know, 13 games, a lot of great experiences this past season. You guys played a lot of great offenses as well. So I guess kind of looking back on it, reflecting a little bit, um, who do you feel like were some of the top players that you defended this year? Who gave you guys some trouble? I say, honestly, the way Flores offense is because of the chemistry they, that they had as a team, well, as an offense, you know what I'm saying? And, and I could say Will Shipley, the running back from Clemson. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we was always able to stop – we was always able to stop the main guys when we played teams, but – I can say for sure, like, when we played Clemson, we knew that the quarterback wasn't the best guy. We knew the receiving court wasn't all that. And we just knew the guy was the running back. And we kind of stopped him in the run game, but he made some plays on special teams that changed the game. You know what I'm saying? He had a return for, like, 40 yards. And that changed the whole momentum of the game, you know. And, you know, he always been he's, – he's definitely a great player. You know, he got a, break, a bright future ahead of him as well. And I could definitely say, yeah, him for sure from Clemson. Who's uh, now going into the league now? First off, any favorite team? Who do you personally pull for? And is there any team that you like to play for alongside someone? Honestly, in New Orleans because I like I like I like Honey Badger. You know, I like mm-hmm. I like watching him play. Like he's a he's a student of the game. He's a dog. He can play any position. You know what I'm saying? And he's not the biggest. He's not the fastest, but he's just that dog. And I feel like honestly. I can reflect like I like the way I play is the way he play, you know. And just I like watching him play, and I for sure like to you know learn stuff from him. But you know how the league set up, 
guys really don't, you know, try to like take you under their wing. That's what I've been hearing. So I'm, I'm, I always been the guy that could, you know, just learn on my own. But just I, that's one guy for sure. Like just like watching this game and you know, would definitely love to play beside him and just like get some pointers from him for sure. I'm wondering if two on the. I don't know how much you keep in touch with some of the guys, but who do you keep in touch with the most? Maybe former FSU wise. I don't know if maybe some of FSU's guys have, have mm-hmm. reached out uh, to you since at your career at Florida State. Now moving on into the league, has anybody kind of reached you? Well, out? you know Jermaine. Though. Jermaine, I mm-hmm. call him the cheat code. You feel me? When he was at Florida State, he was the cheat code for me. <laughs> if we needed a play, he gonna make it. You know, and mm-hmm. just him. Like I, I always talk to him. I FaceTime him. Whenever I feel like just talking about football, you know, and just about the league and stuff. Then, like, I don't really talk to Asante Samuel as much because, like, I ain't really – when I was there, he wasn't there. Like, I didn't play with him. But, you know, just from him being, like, undersized and he got a dog in him as well. And, you know, he a student of the game as well, too. So, you know, I could – I sent him texts on Instagram and, you know, he hit me back and stuff. And, you know, I always tell them, bro, I'm looking forward to just coming to the league, bro. And, you know, when I get to the league, you know, we'll hang out and stuff. You know what I'm saying? I, we'll probably go to some, you know, DB clinics together and stuff like that. You feel me? You know, I just want to, you know, just get around guys. Like, because that's always been my dream to play in the NFL, like, you know, and it's it's slowly approaching. So, like, I've just been living in the moment, man, and just trying to see what it's going to take, you know. And I know what it's going to take to be a pro, just to be consistent. You know what I'm saying? And I'll just be trying to get pointers on just how to stay consistent. You know what I'm saying? Because I know it ain't going to be about who the fastest, who the strongest. It's really going to be about who can be the more most consistent and just having that, that IQ when it comes to just playing in the league. Has Jermaine been able to give you any pointers uh, during this process, especially since he played at the Senior Bowl as well and obviously yeah, parlayed that into yeah, a first-round pick? About, about, this, about the Senior Bowl stuff, just playing, practicing, because when I was there, bro, when I was just at the Senior Bowl, I swear it was only five, five DBs went in the game. Like, mm-hmm. everybody else went back home or did opted out to play or didn't practice no more. You know what I'm saying? And I always been a football guy anyway, so it really didn't matter. But for me hearing him say that, just, hey, bro, be present. You know what I'm saying? And, and that was one thing I did. I was always present. And then I, seen, I just kept watching guys, like, not finish practice. And I'm like, bro. You really didn't even do nothing at the practice. Like, Jermaine bubbled out, you know what I'm saying? But it was guys, you know what I'm saying, probably, you know, how the agents be and telling them this, telling them that. But honestly, I can say that was a stupid decision for a lot of guys to not, like, finish playing in the game and, you know, finish up practice. But I'm the type of guy, bro, I love football and I love to compete. So I was just always sold on just being there, being around the best, the quote-unquote best of the best, you know what I'm saying? And just that's it. Just to hey, line it up. Whoever, whoever y'all say the best, put them in front and let's do it. That's that's what type of guy I always been, bro. And it paid off. Suited up, and booted up. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, paid, for real though. <laughs> it paid off for you though, because they named you. Uh, you know the the players on your team, the wide receivers and tight ends. They named you the practice safety of the week. Yeah. So I mean, just to get that recognition, being around all that talent and those NFL scouts, what did that mean? Bro, I honestly didn't know I was gonna get that. For real, I, I didn't know I was gonna get that. So we was that we was at walk-ons and the ceremony little thing was at walk-ons and I heard him say Florida State. I'm like, what? Because I was the only Florida State player there. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, what me? And it was just really like, man, 
I know that I like to compete, you feel me? And I, all that practice, I'm competing, I'm flying around, you know what I'm saying? And they had me at the middle in the middle of the field safety. So, you know, at Florida State, I was mostly like, we would split safety or I'll probably be in the box, you know, blitzing or something like that. Yep. So they really put me in the middle of the field just to see my range and stuff like that. So I was mostly in the middle of the field. So I really didn't expect, you know, to win that award. But, you know, shout out to the boys that, that voted on me, you know, the receivers and the tight ends and, you know what I'm saying? That just shows that they respected me, you know. And that's all I try to gain, bro. That's it. I just try to gain respect, bro. Just because, like, I respect the game, you know, and I just want to get the same thing from the game. I've only got two questions left, Jamie. One of them, the most important one we always ask our guests on here, best food spot to go in Tallahassee. Let's say it's your last night in Tallahassee. You've got to pick somewhere to go throughout your last couple of years here in Tallahassee. What has been the best place? Go-to spot. Roberto. I love that hibachi spot. I love that. That's all I, that's all I eat, chicken and rice. Yep. That's yeah. I think that's what Jakai told us too. Jakai, I go crazy on that. Couple people, a couple of the players have told us that Roboto's is the place to go to. I don't blame you at all. There's nothing better. You get the yum yum sauce though. Oh yeah, <laughs> making the, sure spicy. Come on, no, nah, I just like the regular one, and then yeah. I get the, the little teriyaki sauce. Oh yeah, you can't ever go wrong with a little extra teriyaki. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and then really my last one here, Jamie. Appreciate you hopping on here with us for a good long while. Where do, you, where do you think this program's headed, Florida State? National wise? championship, man. That's it. That's the only. That's the only expectations I got for them boys, man. That's it. They is there. Is there for them, and you know, hey man. If I had another year to do, I would did it. I did have another year, but you know, just the way <laughs> the things ended, <laughs> yeah. the, the way the season ended for me, man. I ain't had no choice but to, hey man, I got to do yep, it. But absolutely. I honestly can say national championship, bro. That's that's the that's the smallest thing I can say right now. That's that's it. National championship, man. Yeah, Norvell got extended today, just a couple Big hours man. ago, all the way through twenty twenty nine, man. Jeez. Now, no. Double the salary. Twenty twenty nine. God, Lee. So so by my my second contract, he's still gonna be there. I'm gonna be pulling up still. You know, I'm gonna still be at Florida <laughs> State. That's crazy though. Twenty twenty nine. That is crazy. Yeah. I ain't know it was for that long. That's crazy, man. Yeah, but, 2029 and double what, the that's salary. What, that's what tell you what type of guy he is, man. Like, I, I can see that. Like, I can see him being there for a long period of time just because, like, he's the same guy every day. And I don't know how you can fire a guy like that, you know. I don't know how you can get rid of somebody like that. Like, I never met a guy like him. Mm-mm. Uh, a ton of, ton of energy. I mean, it's been great getting to know him. And, you know, I reached out to him once he got hired. And he's been great with the media and – really communicative with us and it allows us to, to do things like this, but also get out y'all stories, talk about how y'all doing at practice. And yeah. I, I think, I think he's leading it in the right direction in a lot of different ways and definitely with the off field staff that he's brought in. You know, I want to be shocked to make some more moves this off season to add more because it's gone to show yeah. and it's turned into a beneficial asset to have extra people off to the side of the field, helping out like Derek Ray um, and, and a lot more on that side of things. So, I no, think it's big. Man. No, definitely, for sure, that, man. Go ahead, Dustin. Yeah, I was going to say, appreciate you coming on tonight, Jamie. And I think just last thing for me, just keeping it easy, Who's who are some of the funniest guys on the team? <laughs> man, the funniest guy, Jarian Jones and Jerry Verse. Literally. Yeah. I'll say them two for sure. 
Have you been keeping up with Jerry's Twitter? Man, he talk. You talking about the Valentine thing, man? The PowerPoint that he made. <laughs> this guy is hilarious. <laughs> hey, he need a winner back though, because I already know his situation, man. I already know what it, how it's like, what's going on with that. But he gonna win it back, man. He's just funny, bro. That's what I'm saying. Like that man, funny, man. <laughs> He's funny. Dog. I, I I enjoyed. We're, yeah, you were there after the UF game when we were sitting there and interviewing you guys, and Jaron was t- calling out <laughs> yeah. everybody on Twitter. Bro, he's funny, bro. I'm telling you, he don't he don't, he gonna speak his mind. That's one thing about him, man. He gonna speak his mind, bro. I respect when I first it. Got there, he, he was my roommate, so like I know everything about that boy. That boy funny, man. J Dub is hilarious. Yeah, man. It was, it was great. That was, He's a funny guy, and you get to see him next year too for FSU, yeah. which that's gonna be that's gonna be highly competitive there in that defensive back room, which will be fun, yeah, be fun to watch. Sure. But Jamie, appreciate you, man. Uh, been looking forward to this for a couple weeks now, and you know it's it was super right. fun covering you throughout your career at Florida State, coming from South Carolina, and I can truly say, you know, having you on and just being able to interview you you know throughout the years has been awesome so wishing you the best of luck hopefully everything Definitely. goes well for you at the combine pro day and then obviously getting drafted. Oh yeah y'all gonna, y'all going to see me at pro day i'll be back i'll be back in we'll be there yeah after i leave from up here man i'm going to be back in Tally late march march 1st so you know getting ready for the pro day pro day is like march 30th i think so yeah, I'll be I'll be back in Tally, man. So if y'all boys want to, you know, sit down, eat somewhere, hang out, man, just right. hit me. Robados, Robados, sure, afterwards. There, there, there. Yeah, man. Hey, appreciate you, Jamie. No, nah, thank y'all, man. Thanks, Jamie. Well, former FSU defensive back Jamie Robinson with us this evening. I've been looking forward to that. I knew it would be good just coming off of the interviews we would do with him almost weekly, either after a game or after practice. And he gets very descriptive on his answers. Not a lot of players do that, but he he really does. Even with the double hit there, a double question I gave him with the LSU game and then going into Jared Verse talk, man, he 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 takes on everything. Media training paid off. I was about to say the media training, Florida State, you know, shop maybe Derek over there, what they're doing with the SIDs, but, you know. And there are some guys that just have the personality, some that don't. Jamie's one of those guys where, you know, you can really feel the the charisma. Yeah, no, exactly. And it's, it's awesome to see. And, you know, he's going to kill it, I think, in this combine pro day. And I think one of the bigger things, too, is in those meetings with those coaches in the NFL, with those GMs, all the guys in those operations – and those NFL offices are, are going to really like Jamie Robinson whenever they get to yeah. sit down and talk with him. So, And like Jermaine Johnson, a, a really good performance at the Senior Bowl. Like we said, he was awarded as the practice safety of the week. Ended up getting three tackles in the game. Um, it, it was kind of – they were playing the safeties really far off. So it was a little bit strange with the alignment. But still a really good experience for him to get to work with NFL coaches – and as well as, you know, him starting on the defensive side of the ball for the American team, he was also out there making plays on special teams. I don't know if you guys saw it, but he was down there down to punt at the one-yard line. So, I mean, he's just showing that he can do it on the defensive side of the ball and he can do it on special teams. And, you know, with NFL teams only having 53 players on their rosters, that's an important aspect for a player to have. It certainly is. So appreciate Jamie hopping on here with us. Let's jump into a few quick hitters and get out of here, guys. Big news. We talked about it earlier, but Florida State extending Mike Norvell all the way through the 2029 season, which would make him 
his 10th year at Florida State inside of the program. This broke earlier today. I was literally talking with a friend at the gym and was like, I think one of the big question marks now as Florida State's administration continues to move on with Norvell is now how do you keep him and how long are you extending him? And out of nowhere, it's funny how things work. But a few hours later, they announced the extension through 2029 and i've seen a majority of a positive reaction i think from florida state's fan base on twitter and facebook all that kind of stuff and what do you guys think uh deserved or should it had should you wait until 2023 and and you know after what you the outcome of that season and then make that extension or do you do it now like they did today and go ahead and say hey this is our guy you're showing recruits you're showing the families you're showing the administration, the program as a whole under President McCullough. This is our head guy at the football program, and, and we're going to run him all the way through the yeah, rest I'm, of, of this. I'm going to just uh, pick up where Jamie left off. It's cheaper to extend a coach before they win a national championship than after. <laughs> I guess, um, yeah, maybe he maybe he's given financial and, advice here. And I, just, I think all of us have super high expectations for this team coming forward. Um, if, if they have the success that we think they can have, it's a lot cheaper to extend him now than next year. Yeah, I can see the argument for both sides. You know, obviously, I think Florida State, they're banking on 2023 being a pretty good year for the program and going ahead and getting ahead of it with his contract extension. And then, I mean, you just look at what Norvell has done since he came to Florida State. He took a pay cut whenever he first got here to, to help out with his assistant coaches, um, did some other things, you know, donated part of his salary and some other stuff for the university. And he's also helped bring in some funds as well for this IPF, doing a bunch of campaigning for Florida State. So I think this is just a reward, and Florida State sees the bright future, the foundation that's been set under Mike Norvell, and they're thinking, obviously, it's going to go pretty far into the future with that contract being through the uh, 2029 season. One thing Mike Norvell did, from what I was told from a close source to the program, Mike Norvell, on the plane over here, brought a whole – two two to three binders something like that and laid out the game plan year to year to year and all the different projects and things that he wanted to do to and to work with boosters along with a lot of other things including nil and the the projections of where that was going to be he had these in binders ready to go on the plane to meet uh, with the florida state administration upon being eventually hired at fsu and through that interview, you know, laying out year by year and then including the IPF, the new one, or now not really the IPF, but we're going to put the football only facility right next to it and the game plan for what the foreseeable future will be for Florida State here in Tallahassee and wanting to build this into the program that it definitely is, as it should be. It never was. It, uh, it's always going to stay Florida State, but bringing it back to where it, it needed to be. And I think he saw that vision and I I thought that was like a unique thing that I was told because it really goes to show, you know, Minor Vell really wants to stay and hearing it from Jamie Robinson just earlier saying, you know, that sounds about right. That that sounds about what Mike Norvell wants to be and and kind of lay his foundation as being one of the few coaches to come through Florida State and bring it back to where it should be a yearly thing of thinking, yeah, Florida State should be competing for an ACC championship. They should be competing for a playoff berth to fight for a national championship. That's something that he had game planned year by year by year by year by year, but I think close to a decade or so. And it's coming to fruition. He had a lot of work to do upon arrival. 
I mean, we've talked about it and harped on it enough, but the culture that needed to be changed was the first thing out of everything before you could even move further anywhere. What was making sure that culture was changing that locker room to build to now, like my, like uh, Jamie was saying, accountability, guys, player-led team. I, I thought that was huge from Jamie to tell us that. This is now a player-led team, which we have wanted to see out of Florida State and a lot of years, and I think they've officially made it to this point heading into the 2023 season. Yeah, the culture, developing players, NIL. I mean, all aspects of the program have just improved since Mike Norvell got to Tallahassee. Like I was saying, the foundation has been established. Obviously, a lot of town is coming back, and, and they're banking on 2023 being quite the season for them. But with the way this coaching staff has operated – and the transfer portal with the improvements we're seeing on the high at the high school recruiting level, especially with a guy like uh, Patrick Sertan coming in with his caliber of recruiting and the ties he has to South Florida. I mean, it seems like things are on the up and up there, especially with NIL starting to get more um, in sync, it seems like. So, you know, Florida State, it, it looks like the future is bright and, you know, things are moving in the right direction under Mike Norvell. So uh, extension coming at the right time, I would say. And like I said, I can see the argument for waiting another year, another two years to make this ex extension, but it shows that this program is committed to Mike Norvell. Like, like Austin said, it shows recruits that this, that Mike Norvell, his coaching staff, the guys that don't get promoted and go elsewhere are going to be here for the long haul. I'll finish it off here with a Michael Alford quote as we were just talking about culture change. And the first line with this announcement today in press release says, Coach Norvell has reestablished a culture that the entire Seminole family can appreciate. We are proud of the way Coach Norvell, his staff, and his team represent Florida State University on and off the field. Under Coach Norvell's leadership, we have experienced the highest grade point average in program history multiple times, an unprecedented impact in our community, and drastic improvement on the football field through him establishing a foundation of unwavering standards in all areas. I'm happy that we are going to continue climbing with Mike Norvell for years to come. So uh, I, I thought that was unique for that first line, culture change, something that needed to happen, and it is done. I think that I think that mission, it never changes because once Florida State starts, you know, finding the success and they're going to be, you know, they're always on a national stage, but moving into, you know, an ACC championship, there's going to be different things that change in the locker room. But that first stage that Norvell wanted to work on, I think after three years, it's been accomplished as we head into 2023. Let's jump into uh, another thing here, Dilu. You were just mentioning the name. But Patrick Sertan, making sure I don't say Sertan anymore, make sure everybody calls me out if I do. But Patrick Sertan, Florida State's new defensive backs coach, we got to hear from him last week. We didn't get to talk about it because we did the schedule show on Monday, but got to hear mm -hmm. from him along with Hakeem Williams, Brock Glenn. Uh, if you guys haven't yet, make sure you guys go watch on our YouTube channel, uh, Brock Glenn and Patrick Sertan. We have those uploaded onto the website for you guys, along with Lucas Simmons, Florida State offensive tackle. Seems 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 like Patrick Sertan is going to kind of fit in pretty easily, if I'm going to say so. And Dustin, you're big on recruiting here on this side of things. It, you had to like, and I saw you tweet a few things uh, during that whole entire press conference. What stood out to you the most and definitely as part of talking about South Florida, I thought was unique. 
they know my name. There's nothing else more I really have to do about it. I thought that was a pretty good response to one of the questions last week. I would just say, really, the confidence, the energy, the swagger that he kind of exuberated during that interview. I mean, you know, he wasn't thrown off his mark by any questions. He was sitting around laughing, joking with the media. This is a guy who's obviously very comfortable um, speaking in public and being the face of something important, especially, you know, after leading American Heritage High School, spending a year with the Miami Dolphins. He has a ton of ties, and he spoke about uh, spoke about those recruiting ties a little bit down there in South Florida, out in Louisiana, in Mississippi as well, you know, with his ties uh, as a player, as a coach, uh, as a professional. So, I mean, man, just ties everywhere he's coming in. He, he said, you know, he mentioned his obvious ties to South Florida, how his time at American Heritage is going to help Florida State on the recruiting trail. But what he also talked about was just finding the best players from anywhere in the country. And he really appreciates how so far, you know, very early in his tenure at Florida State, Mike Norvell is just letting him go after the guys that he wants to go after. He's got a recruiting region, but he's not only stuck to that region. So I think he just appreciates the freeness that he's experiencing so far at Florida State. And I mean, man, that was a very impressive interview. And I'm interested to see how it keeps going from here because he's only four weeks into the job. We're just getting started. Yeah, just just beginning for him, and it was funny. Immediately, I think like a day later, two late, two days later, he's already on the recruiting trail with the coaching staff. So it didn't take too long for him to get adjusted to that schedule. And we got to also hear from Brock Lynn, who I thought put together a really nice interview. Looked about it didn't come off as a true freshman the way that he was talking. Felt really relaxed, and goes to show too. You know, we had Tokars on here before not too long ago talking about Brock Lynn. He said it really came down to relationships and that's something Brock talked about in the press conference of eventually picking Florida State, sticking with them after being a previous Ohio State quarterback commit. He's going to come play here in Tallahassee and picks to do that. And, you know, he's talking about building the bond too with Hakeem Williams, which it was funny. Brock Lynn walks in so relaxed, just chill. Just like, we're just shooting the shit type of deal. And then Hakeem or Hakeem comes in and he's, and he's like, Man, my hands are already sweating, man. My hands are already sweating. And then he leaves after the press conference and is like, God dang, my hands are so sweaty right now. But, you know, those two are already building a bond. I see them on IG Live. They're posting some stuff on Instagram. It seems like those two have connected very well. And then you look at Lucas Simmons, too, another true freshman coming in who now really it was all built on the relationship with Alex Atkins and the trust there very, very, very early on in that recruitment delude that ended up him picking Florida State over all these other teams that were after him. Um, It just, I I thought thought the three true freshmen that came in presented themselves very well to their first introductory interviews. Lucas Simmons, impressive, man, on on and off the field. I've already talked about before how he's now the tallest player on Florida State's roster, officially six foot eight, a little bit over 300 pounds coming in as a as a true freshman. But really, to me, it's just kind of his mentality. He seems like a guy who's really mature beyond his years. I don't know if it's just the aspect of being an international recruit, you know, being from Sweden where you're not just com- always surrounded by all this recruiting stuff and, you know, all the hoopla that comes with it. He's only had to experience it, you know, for about a year or two before he signed with Florida State. But this is a guy, like I said, wise beyond his years. He's bringing in some real maturity to Florida State, and I think it's going to be big for him both on and off the field. And he, like you said, Logan, he's got that 
really tight connection uh, with Alex Atkins, which was a major factor in him choosing Florida State. And then, yeah, as for Brock and Hakeem, I don't know if you mentioned it, but they're actually roommates right now at Florida State. So that's going to be crucial in quarterback and wide receiver, building a relationship on and off the field, developing some chemistry. Um, it's going to be really interesting. Brock kind of knows that this is a, a redshirt year for him where he's going to be learning a lot from Jordan Travis and, and competing in practice, trying to you know establish himself a little bit as the signal caller of the future. We'll see how it works out. Whereas Hakeem, the five-star prospect coming in, already going through tour of duty and everything, very deep wide receiver core coming back. Is he going to be able to break into that rotation? We'll see how things go in the spring. You know, Maybe he needs to refine a little bit as a wide receiver, but the athleticism pops off the charts. It's got a really great personality, and it's going to be exciting to watch all three of these guys very early in their careers at Florida State. It was really nice to be there, too, to ask Hakeem to his face on the loyalty because I talked with Ron Dugans after yeah. early signing day, and you know he could tell me all about Hakeem Williams, but to ask him specifically, hey, the loyalty, where does that come from within you? And because you have – you're right down there by Miami, and we are hearing – you can hear from whoever. I don't know. Miami, whatever. Colorado, Texas A&M. Yeah, the like – Whispers you can, were there. Yeah, yeah. And there is whispers, and, you know, you can believe them. You don't have to believe them, whatever. But, yeah, it's a five-star, really talented wide receiver commit, so it's probably true. And he was admitting, you know, Miami would be after him. and But to have the loyalty to pick Florida State and stick with them for that amount of time, because we talked about here multiple times, we thought maybe, you know, he'd go on and do some other official visits elsewhere and do all that. But things kind of reversed, and he ended up putting on the recruiting cap and, Mm -hmm. you know, sticking with his commitment, going after a few guys to hope seal them in. And, you know, you see him tweeting. It just goes to show to kind of the high character player that he is as 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 a true freshman coming in and we, we expect to see a, a good amount of playing time from him this upcoming season you know the, the physical attributes on him and then also lucas simmons is absolutely ridiculous and i do think too brock lynn has put on some size i was talking with a few other of the b reporters and definitely has put on some size uh, at the uh, bottom half of his body which you know i last time i saw him though was this last summer so just to see him put on a little bit of significant size and then now working with Coach Storms is pretty good for a quarterback that you do want to let him go through, learn from the quarterbacks ahead of you, and then have a big-time quarterback competition in 2024 with Luke coming in. So uh, some, some really good interviews from Definitely. the three freshmen and Patrick Sertan. Yeah, and just going – sticking with Sertan real quick before we end off here. <laughs> Um, I was just going to say one part of the interview that I thought stood out to me was just him talking about, you know, the current state of the room coming in, you know, Florida State already pretty highly up there in 2022 as far as um, passing defense. But what he wants to do is start creating turnovers, which Florida State didn't do a lot of last year. Said he's looking for guys on the recruiting trail that have natural ball skills. So he might be recruiting a guy that's a receiver in high school who's going to play defensive back at the next level or you know, a guy who's playing both ways at the high school level and mentioned an aspect of the players that he wants to improve is getting their head around, turned around at the football. You know, wow. Yeah, that's a big concept in, in, in past defense. And that's a guy that knows plenty about creating turnovers. 37 interceptions as a pro, uh, rec- recovered seven fumbles as well. So um, definitely something you want to see out of the defense moving forward. Another thing he said is, I guess this job kind of popped up really at the perfect time for 
Patrick Sertan because he had never coached at the college level before, you know, only had that experience at the high school level for a long period of time. And then the one year with the Miami Dolphins, but you know, when Florida state came calling, he had to take a look into the opportunity and then ended up accepting it obviously here in Tallahassee now, but he said if it, if it was another school, you know, somewhere out in the West coast or minute, he's, he mentioned Minnesota or Washington. He's like, I probably wouldn't have went. So really just the perfect scenario, especially with the fast track that Florida state is on to getting back to where it used to be, which funny enough, he actually played against, FSU in college while he was at Southern Miss. I don't. I don't know if that was the team that Brett Favre was on. I don't know. I, say, I think it might have been. It might have been, but either way, I think he, I think the final score was forty-four to fourteen or something like that. Yeah, the second half. The second half was Florida State routed them, and he was <laughs> laughing about that. <laughs> he was definitely. He said he, he'll never forget being in Doak. So it won't be too crazy. He said he's going to be happy that he's on the other side of things and maybe on a more positive direction to leave with a win. So um, yeah, those, those were some great, great interviews from those newcomers. Anything else that we're missing wise, I guess this Sunday we will have some Super Bowl Knowles, uh, hefty amount of them guys, hefty amount of them. You've got Derek Nottie with the chiefs along with Joshua Kane Doe on the Eagles side. You'll have Janarius Robinson, Marvin Wilson, and you can't forget Josh Sweat, who has had a really good year, really good year. And I haven't checked yet. I, he was not at the Pro Bowl, right? Because at first he wasn't no, if you're, if, you're in, if you're in the Super Bowl, you're not yeah. in the Pro Bowl. True, but I'm just saying getting the getting the invite, though. Uh, I don't, so you I have don't. that accolade added to your Wikipedia because that's what matters the most when we write I about you. Don't think so. I don't know. If I don't think he not. did because we are, we were talking about it like we were going to see if maybe he would get jumped up. Uh, no, he was not. He was last year, but not this year. Gotcha. Okay. But so uh, the NFL snubbed him on that one. <laughs> Shout out to Roger Goodell. Predictions, anyone? Chiefs. I got Chiefs. Chiefs by 10. Ooh. Yeah, uh, I knew the Chiefs were going to win that game. God, the 49ers. Man, I had I had Brock Purdy win that game. Of course, everything goes wrong for me there. Everything goes wrong. <laughs> like the first quarter. Maybe like the first like 10 minutes. Yeah. Uh, with that being said, since y'all are going that route, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with the Eagles. I think they stick with it. They've been the most consistent team this year. Not saying that the Chiefs haven't looked good and, and stayed consistent. But I, I just think the Eagles, though, They've got something going, and I think Jalen Hurts is completely fine. He'll be good. I think I think Patrick Mahomes will be fine, too. I thought that he was going to be okay for the AFC Championship, which he was. I think there's some things that are just so over-dramatized as we do. Whoa. As we do as media, as now r- running a buck site, we, on our end, our headlines, we like to dramatize dramatize things and make it so then we can get some clicks. Let's be honest here. So the whole Patrick Mahomes and him being hurt. Oh my God, is he going to be able to play? That's just driving clicks. He's going to be fine for the Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts is going to be fine. So it should be a really fun matchup. That's what I'm, I want a good game. And that's all I want. This is our last football game before we go on a stretch of absolutely. What? Hey, XFL. <laughs> oh my God. USFL. Come on. Now I will say the UFC anybody who likes MMA or fighting has a really nice lineup for the next coming months. So I think Dana White and what they've done, they kind of knew what the game plan that they had now with football going away for a little while for the off season. We're going to have some good fights coming up. So 
we'll have that. Y'all have your NBA. We'll get some baseball soon. I'll watch like two Giants games, and mm-hmm. then after that, wait until the playoffs come. <laughs> and then I won't hockey. watch a single inning. <laughs> I bet you won't, and I won't watch a single quarter of see. Your I doubt. I doubt that Dallas Mavericks games. Well, that's fine. But you'll watch. You'll watch some Warriors games or something. I'm not. Just, I'm just not going to watch any baseball. I'm not saying that I'm going to sit here and say like push for you to watch them, but I'm going to say I'm going to watch at least two Giants games, and that's going to be good enough for me till the playoffs come around. But yeah, I think that's it, guys. I don't think there's anything no. more that we're missing. I mean, not basketball. It. I mean, we need to recap this. Syracuse seventy six to sixty seven. Uh, I, mean, I was going to talk about something else, basketball wise, but I mean, if you really want to, um, what, what what good else, do you have? What, what, what kind of there? thing can you? So, sec, second half sucked. That's uh, that's all you got to know for the for the Syracuse game. Florida State couldn't hit shots. Um, they took way too many threes. They took thirty five threes, um, and when you only hit nine of them, not really per- the percentage you want. Um, more than half their shots came from three. It's just it's just not the way Florida State normally operates um they did get a win against louisville on saturday congrats Pulled it up on google <laughs> couldn't even do like a stat broadcast yeah, no. um i uh, will we're say we're not looking at stats for this we're not looking I, I will stats. say i was i was real close on my preview prediction i, I said um what did i say 77 68 i believe um, i don't know i didn't read it that's oh. nothing new. um so i was i was right there I was close. You were close. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was about to say you're almost right. You're right, almost right on it. And you yeah, picked Florida State to win that one, though, right? No, no, I did no. not. I said, <laughs> Just I said Syracuse. Just kidding. Um, yeah, but it was the only the biggest interesting thing was Chandler Jackson got the start over Jalen Worley, um, and Chandler Jackson had a pretty good first half with seven assists. Nahima Cloud had a really good game in the first half with fourteen six and two blocks at halftime. Um, just couldn't find any offense in the second half. That's really all I don't know. To me, the biggest news we, we just got to talk about him. Malik Beasley just got traded to the Lakers. Oh, did he? Yeah, he was, he's wow, part of I, the trade that sent Russell Westbrook to the Jazz. Uh, really? I missed this. When did this happen? Well, like as Jamie Robinson was coming on, um, the, the Lakers got Jared Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley. Tweet deck is Angela back. Russell. I missed my Shams tweet. Yeah. So, former Noel on the move. I think this is his fourth team that he's been on now. Started in Denver. Yeah, Denver yeah. Timberwolves, good. Jazz, and now the Lakers. I think it's a good fit, good honestly. The him, Lakers, have, yeah, the Lakers have needed some shooting, and Beasley's top fifteen in the NBA and threes made this season, so he's exactly what they need. Yeah, LeBron just needs to kick so, it out to him. So we're gonna have a Lakers player on our podcast, right after this NBA season, or what? What we got, Beasley? What, what kind of connects you got? Pretty sure Malik um, Beasley hates Austin. That's what. Damn, jeez, you're just gonna put that out. (laughs) Just what I heard. I I mean, that'd be news to me considering I've only (laughs) met the guy for 10 seconds. Um, because his one year was before I was with the team, so uh, that'd be crazy if he hated me. Well, I mean, I feel like a dual show with you know LeBron and Malik Beasley on here would be pretty decent, right? Now we're reaching, you could you could figure it out, right? Put one for the team. Now we're reaching. Um, (laughs) He's really the only guy that I'm expecting to get traded as far as form, former Florida State guys. Um, Scotty's not going anywhere. J- 
John Isaac's not going anywhere. Pat, maybe if the Bulls decide they want to blow everything up last minute, but even then, kind of doubt it. Terrence Mann's got a contract to where I could see him getting moved for, you know, a, a better guard. Um, but I just, with, with Conley and Russell and Westbrook all getting traded in the same trade, I, I don't really see any of the point guards being on the market. And Kyrie just got traded too, to my team. Damn. Which uh, will be interested. Thoughts? Say goodbye to your franchise. Did you did you say thoughts? Uh, it's either going to be amazing because you have Luca and Kyrie just playing off each other as I think two of the three best ball handlers in the NBA, I think, or it's going to be worse than the Rajon Rondo trade. Which, if the Mavericks fans know, mm. it's uh, that, that was an experience. Made I remember. Right. I remember that one. I, I was the court. I was so excited because I was a huge Rondo fan when he was with the Celtics. And he, you know, he gets traded to Dallas. I, was, I, before he had gotten traded, my dad had bought, bought us tickets to go to a game in Dallas for my birthday. And a week later, Rajon Rondo gets traded there for the, the game that we're at. So you know, I'm excited by the jersey. Worst, worst money ever spent. <laughs> Tough scene. For Sean Rado Mavericks jersey for a player that lasted, what was it, two months? Yeah. Three months? Not very long. <laughs> well, Florida State's going to face Pittsburgh. A team they've already beaten. But Pittsburgh is in a tie for first in the ACC right now, if you can believe it. Really? It is wow. them, Virginia, and Clemson, all at 10-3 and three in the ACC. Whew, yeah, they've got a tough stretch. I think we talked about it last week, but they got a tough stretch. Yeah. Pittsburgh and then Clemson like that. Yeah, Clemson on the road next week. and But then you get Boston College. So mm, um, Good, maybe a close game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe. We'll see. Anything else, gentlemen? I think we've wrapped up everything. Jamie was awesome on here to have for yeah, the he interview. Was he was on here for 45 minutes. I mean, you told him 25. Yeah, we got to start telling them like 45 minutes to an hour. When it's the off season like this, I can just keep going and driving in. But well, I know Jamie you tell would them like, that, they probably won't hop on the show. Yeah. I gotta, so you just lie to them and then you just hold them hostage live. <laughs> you just, you just got exactly. to be honest. You know, we usually go 30 minutes, but if you're welcome to stay longer if you want to. That's how you got to phrase it. Yeah, that's how we'll get him. Jamie, I know, just close up and having a relationship with him. He'd be down just to hang out with us. So that was a great interview. Appreciate Jamie hopping on with us this evening. He said we're getting Robatos, so I... Man, I'm yeah. jealous. I miss Robatos. Well, we'll send you a selfie whenever me, Jamie, and d are there. <laughs> we're going to send you a selfie, VZ. Thanks. I appreciate it. Quick reminder for everybody, on Monday night, and I don't think we really talked about it on the show here, but earlier this week, we announced that we are having a new show. This will be a live show on Monday night. It will not be a weekly show, not like Hear the Spear like we do on Wednesday nights. This will be a show called Calculated Chaos with 2013 National Champion, 2013 Remington Award winner, and Super Bowl champion Brian Stork. Played with Jameis Winston, a quarterback, then the next year went off and won a Super Bowl, snapping to Tom Brady. He had reached out to us a couple months ago, brought up the idea of doing a live breakdown of film with him narrating it. I'm going to be on there just kind of chopping it up with him, bringing some questions in from chat and everything. And we're going to do a show-based uh, series on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. It'll be live like this, just like us guys on here now. 
but it'll just be coach. Well, now former coach, but he's going to probably get back into coaching now, but coach Brian Stork. And then also me that we're really excited about debuting on Monday night. The first three shows, the first three uh, really will begin Monday with going through the Florida state versus Oklahoma game, the cheese it bowl. We're going to do a deep dive into that. And then get, uh, these, what show number two is going to be Florida State versus Clemson, the 2013 game. We'll do a full rewind on that with guests that were playing in that game. Get some former FSU Knowles in there, which will be super fun. He's trying to get Nick O'Leary. He's trying to. Good There's luck. a few ways that he's going to try to sway him to getting in here. I don't know how he's going to get StreamYard onto Nick's phone, but <laughs> he's trying to. Give him a package of dip or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's literally what it's going to be. It might have to be a shipment of Copenhagen sent to Nick O'Leary's house for him to get him on here. But uh, Brian's going to work on that. And then for our third game, we're going to go through some recruiting, some of the 2023 guys that are now uh, signed in. They're going to, we're going to do kind of like a little film review on some of the top guys in that class. And hopefully Dustin will accept our invite to that one. So I haven't been uh, invited. Well, we'll see if you end up getting it. We see. Might we might have to go elsewhere. But uh, yeah, really excited for this show. This is going to be called Calculated Chaos. It won't be a podcast. This is just going to be a live video form type deal, and it's not going to be weekly. So whenever we feel like it, kind of like whenever comes time, all right, we really need to get this done and get some content out to you guys. We're going to put some shows out there. So really excited for that debut on Monday night. It should be awesome. Brian is probably more somehow more excited than I am. We've spent so many hours on this, on the back end, trying to figure this out. And he's the, he's the one cutting up the film. He's the one going to be using his marker on the screen and everything. So uh, he's really doing the hard work here. I'm just going to sit here and just maybe bring up a few things and probably ask some stupid questions. Cause I'm not, the most advanced on film stuff and i want to get better so why not have you know brian stork do that he's already been posting tons of stuff on twitter and i think it's going to be awesome i think fans will love this love this show looking forward to it monday night should be a a good debut with brian stork excited to bring him in uh to the brand and yeah like you said logan i mean this is really just going to give fans a chance to get down to the nitty-gritty of football learn more about some of the nuances of the game from a guy who played it himself at a very high level. So I think this is just going to be able to give fans a perspective unlike anyone else. And it should be fun because, like you said, Brian's very excited about this. Um, he's picked up some experience as a coach over the last couple of years as well. And it's going to be really interesting to listen to him break all of this down and you know, kind of get into why Florida State had so much success this past season. Um, you know, Like you said, talk about the recruiting class as well some past footage uh, really going to be exciting to see the direction this thing takes. And, you know, we'll just kind of roll with it. Yep. Super excited to have Brian Stork join the team at Noel game day. Uh, there's a lot, a lot of cool ideas we have for this and the vision for it and definitely leading into the actual football season ahead, going in and doing recaps on Monday nights Brian going in, grabbing a couple cuts, like 10 cuts of plays that he think are positive, negatives, things where, you know, looking at Jordan Travis, what he did right, what he did wrong, certain things like that to get the perspective from a damn 2013 national champion, a guy who played with Tom Brady and won a Super Bowl. Come on now. I mean, it, it should be really fun. So I'm inviting everybody right here on Hear the Spirit. I know a lot of y'all listen to us on the podcast version. So come hang out with us on YouTube. 
Facebook or Twitter at 7 p.m. on Monday night should be uh, a fun launch. All right. I think that's going to do it. Appreciate everybody hanging out with us. Shout out to Jamie for hopping on here. I'm sure we'll have him on here eventually once he gets with the team. Um, And best of luck to him. Hope he stays healthy. Uh, The future is extremely bright for him, but appreciate him hopping on here with us. As always, you can listen to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. If you're on YouTube right now, hit the like button, share with your friends. And yeah, that's going to do it. We'll see you guys next Wednesday evening. Same time, same place, 8 o'clock. Peace. Yeah.